And no better way to kick off the show on a victory Monday than talking with the head basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma, Porter Moser. Welcome into the show, Coach. Congratulations on the win this week. And how'd you feel once you look back on the tape about how this team performed? Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I was for our guys, you know, to get off the season right, take care of your home court. I uh, I first saw it for not having the students there. Everybody that came to the game, it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was our best crowd of the year. And so I want to thank everybody who came and invite everyone to keep coming back, man. It's, it's, uh, it makes a difference. But I thought our guys, you know, Iowa State is number two in the country at forcing turnovers. I thought we really did a good job of that. And then, um, you know, just defending them. And um, they're so physical. They're, they're really, really good. And uh, it was good for us to get out of the gate in the Big 12 in this gauntlet with the win. I, I'm glad you brought that up with the crowd, too, because – uh, I was at a sweet uh, FFA event, Coach, but I was listening to Toby and Kevin, and you could hear it. You could sense the energy of the crowd, and then watching back on the highlights, it's a tough time, right, because the students, what, we don't start classes for another week still, I believe, so it makes it a little bit tough, but to, to see, and I, and I was watching all the ticket people and the marketing people on Twitter, to see they're saying, hey, this is one of the, the biggest walk-ups we've ever had. I mean, that's got to do something for you, right, Coach? It's got to make this this program feel some sort of way to see that energy be picked up by the fan base like it's been. Well, I've said, you know, all along, I go, you know, to have a top-tier basketball program, you have to have a great home court advantage. It's just the way basketball is. It's an, it's the, it, obviously, it's indoors. But it's <laughs> intimate. The noise factor can absolutely make a difference. The energy level, everything from actually on the floor stuff to recruiting, and, man, did the Sooners fans respond. And they're just um, really looking forward to, to keep building this thing. And we're doing our part. Well, I recruited, right. you know, we were able to recruit more athletically and we're playing faster the way I want to play. And, um, and we're playing tough. I think that's the one thing. Sometimes people think you're finesse when you're playing faster. I think we're playing fast and I think we're very, very tough. Um, uh, Porter, what have you seen now uh, in three years at Oklahoma and, and how this team has come together? You have the foundational pieces, right? Otega and, and Los, And then to see guys just fit so perfectly, what have you kind of noticed is the key to that chemistry developing when there's so much turnover uh, and, and you're constantly having to bring in new guys in this portal era? What's been the key to kind of galvanizing that locker room and, and getting this buy-in as quickly as you have and kind of this meshing? You know, I think that it's it's a it's a couple parts to that question, Chris. Obviously, the portal's here to stay, and it's part of it. It's part of it. You can you can you got to look in a positive way and evolve with it. But retention is the key to your key pieces. You know, retention because during the whole year you're fighting for your culture, you're fighting for your standards of what you believe in, whether it's from how you do things on and off the floor to terminology to relationships. You're fighting for that every day, and. When, it's, when you get to keep those key pieces, the new guys coming in, you got guys that you retain that say, this is how we do it. This is what we – instead of just just uh, starting from fresh right out of the gate. And to Milos and Otegas, watch their improvement. You know, we threw them in last year. You know, we went, you know, as freshmen. They ended up both starting by the end of the year, and that's just the only team in the, in the Big 12 that did that. And Sam Godwin got a lot of minutes. And – those three coming back is like this is this is what we do. This is what it's like. This is how hard we got to go. And then the new guys were veterans, and we recruited to that DNA. And I just think they they really came together 
in the summer, and I think it was intentional on both parts. Yeah, I've been writing a piece just about the porter, uh, the portal in general, Coach. And what I'm it's so impressed with is you don't sacrifice your your culture or sacrifice anything. Has that been a, a challenging process? Not to say that you would just bring in a, a, a guy that was a bad guy or a guy that wasn't a good player, but what has that challenge been like to have the culture that you want whenever that roster is constantly evolving? No, I mean, obviously, you know, with, with all the factors involved, you know, you still you, you, you got you try to combine your, your character, what you believe in, the work ethic, toughness, with talent and athletic ability. Mm. You know, we don't want to get twisted now. You know, at this level, you 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 need you need you need talent. You need talent, and you you want to get you want to uh, combine it with who you believe in, like character wise, who you believe in work ethic wise, to who you believe is going to believe into the bigger picture. It's okay to want to be a pro. I want guys that want to be a pro. I don't want guys that don't want to achieve the highest level, but you you want to have them also be totally invested in their journey of getting better and winning for the University of Oklahoma. Take it away. Uh, I love watching. Where have you seen – what's kind of been the key? And I know there was uh, – the offense wasn't necessarily there for him, but he still found a way in crunch time to make all the difference in the world. Where have you seen Otega's biggest growth, especially offensively, Coach? Just he's improved his skill level in all facets, hmm. whether it's his ball handling, whether it's his jump shot whether it's passing, you know, he's really worked in this summer with us on the skill part of his game. Hmm. And he still arrows going up in that area. But, like, he was just, you know, running, and I think he's in better condition to get his athleticism into the game. I think he knows the intricacies of where to be on defense now. Sometimes when you're just starting at this level, especially on defense schemes, you're just your head spinning. You know, I assume it's in football, too. Your head's spinning on where to be, where to cover, whatever to do. And that's, that's a lot of times with us. And he's, uh, he knows what to do now. He, he's, in a, he's in a better place where he's not overthinking. He knows where he's going to be, and then he's reacting with instinct and ability and talent. And, that, and that's really, I think, with a lot of team sports like that. But that's where I see Otega. He just feels more comfortable and he's, you know, as a freshman, not trying to prove everything every single pass. Mm. Coach, a couple more and I'll get you out of here. We're hanging out with Porter Moser after the Sooners open up Big 12 play with a win over Iowa State, 71-63. to I feel like every team needs a guy like Sam. Uh, he's not always going to be the leading scorer, but he gets double-digit points on Saturday. I think what grabbed also six boards. Uh, how key is a guy like Sam Godwin? <laughs> not just, I mean, every, every team wants a guy like this. But how key is it for him to accept his role and then thrive in what you've, you've challenged him to be? You know, telling the Sam Godwin story never gets old for me. I'm just, it's, just, it's just such a great story. Agreed. And, uh, you know, when the portal came out and he came in from Wofford, um, you know, we had, we had uh, Tanner Groves. We were looking. We are like, man, we love his toughness. He's from Oklahoma. And we were about a, a preferred walk-on. And I remember his mother Susie asking me, now, if he, if he does well and earns it, will he play since he's a preferred walk-on? I said, I'm going to play who's going to earn it. I'm going to play who's in there. And it's a perfect example of it. He played a lot as, as, and contributed last year. We gave him a scholarship. Now he's starting. And it's about, you know, never promising anything except opportunity. And he, that's what we promised Sam. And he came in it's like every day with his hard hat coming in. And, and uh, you reward that. 
you reward that. It's not about what you were ranked or here or there. He came in and he played so hard. It was, and I tell this for all young people. And I, I'm from Chicago. For those people who know, Steve Stone used to be a broadcaster. Oh, yeah. Steve Stone was a great broadcaster. He always say almost every telecast for you young guys out there, and then he'd give you a lesson. And it's a great example for uh, you young uh, young people out there that always want to play more. You know, find ways where the head coach has to play you. I have. To, Sam was offensive rebounding and playing, so I'm like, I have to get him in the game. I I, I can't. I have to get him in the game. He's going to help the team. And he gave me reasons why I have to play him. And uh, and that's what I thought was special about Sam, and he just goes at it every minute. Steve Stone, still wild to me, Coach. Him and Harry Carey, longest time on WGN, and then if I feel like he's been, what, the White Sox guy now for like the last 20 years. That's pretty wild to go from the south side to the north side, isn't it? Well, Harry did it in the opposite. Harry did that's it. Harry was there. That's true. That's I know, true. and, and uh, it's just crazy um, with that, but he's beloved there, you know. Even Cubs fans still like him. I mean, I know that's a rivalry, Cubs Sox. But he's one of the best there is, and Harry was one of the best there is. Hey, Coach, I'll, I'll let you go on this, and I know you're busy, and I'm so grateful that you found time for no, us. I love talking, hey, yeah. love talking Sooner basketball people. But, yeah. Uh, was there a number that really jumped out? I, I was kind of going through the, the the specialty stats, if you will, and points in the paint, 26 points, second chance points, five, but I see fast break points, 10 points. When you're looking in deep, we're like, okay, our offense was moving like it was supposed to. What, what, what numbers really kind of jump out to you? What are you looking for, or if anything, in that statistical category? 100%. We, we have absolutely each game goals and everything and reasons why if we're going to win. And the biggest number, Chris, was going to be turnovers. So turnovers, um, Iowa State converts them better than anybody. They forced the second most out of 360 teams. They forced the second most. And after North Carolina loss, I said to our team, you know, in the locker room, we can't have this loss go in vain. We lost because we had 18 turnovers and six assists. We were backwards. We were back. We, were, we had it flipped. Mm. And I said, we, there's so many more possessions. So we focused on taking care of the ball. Now, if you look at our 11 turnovers, three were on offensive illegal screens, which were, and, uh, and, and uh, three, John rolled into a guy they called an illegal screen and Sam got two. So those are, those aren't really the turnovers we're talking about. And then we got one on a crazy call. They said Otega slid his feet on an inbounds. So with the ball in our hand turnovers against the number one team, two teams, we had seven turnovers with the ball in our hand. That's very good. Hmm. That's extra possessions for us, our offensive efficiency. That was a huge one for us. We got to do the same almost every single night in the Big 12. We're now playing TCU. TCU turned over Kansas 18 times. That's why, they, that's why they had a chance to beat Kansas is because they turned Kansas over like 18 times. And we've got to take care of the ball every day. But that one stuck out. I think Milos and Javion, who have the ball in their hand the most, are taking care of it the best. Mm. And then uh, uh, finally, I'm traveling with the women's basketball team uh, for the second straight week uh, to Manhattan this weekend. And I still can't tell you enough how much I enjoy watching that extra assistant that Coach Baranchek has on her bench. Your daughter, holy smokes, man. She knows more about what's going on in the opponent. I just watch her. She is dialed in. You, you better have a place ready on your staff. She's something else. <laughs> I love you saying that. And you know what I love about Jenny Baranchek is I remember hearing Jenny in her press conference in her open thing talking about empowering young women. And my daughter's on the team. She, she, she doesn't get minutes. Because she's what, but she's Jenny's empowered her right. with that. 
It's just an empower of impacting people and empowering young people in any phase. And, man, she empowered my daughter to take on that, that scouting role and, you know, whatever she can do. And thanks for recognizing that. I love that. I'm, I'm so blessed to see my daughter and son every day here at what they do. That's so cool. All right, uh, Coach, uh, enjoy the rain today. Uh, we, we loved watching the energy, and this team is so fun to watch. Good luck in Fort Worth this weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hi, Chris Boomer. Boomer Sooner, Coach. That's Porter Moser. Yeah, I uh, I try to bring it up every time I talk to him because I notice it. But when when I travel with the women's team, and like he says, his daughter doesn't get to play a lot. Um, you know, it's it's a this is an elite level of basketball, and she's a good player. Uh, but she's really embraced this role, and I and I think if I understand correctly from having conversations with Jenny about it, is she she kind of helps out on the scouting side of things. And I mean, I watch her and and she is just eh, I mean, Josh, she knows everything. Everything. It's awesome. Yeah, and I, cool. and I and I think I I think I sit across from the team in Manhattan, but I was right next to him on Wednesday up in Provo. So I got to see it firsthand. Yeah. Really really cool. You were living it. I was living that life. How was your weekend, man? How about those Sooners on Saturday night, huh? Oh, great. Yeah, it was uh, It was a terrific doubleheader for Oklahoma, obviously, with the women uh, able to close it out. And then the men. It, it uh, was, I guess, sort of similar storylines in the sense that uh, both games were right there in the balance right. as you, you went into the fourth quarter of the women's game. And then, obviously, Iowa State, oh, you had to make a bunch of big plays late. And they did, which I thought was great in the Big 12 opener. I, I find myself – um, to be really, really infatuated with this team, I like watching. I, I've now I've had to listen to a lot of the games today because are this season because of travel, and I don't know if there's anyone better at uh, at hoops play by play than T Row. I mean, you feel like you're in it, you know what's going on, and you could just sense. I, I don't, I don't know, Josh. I saw a lot of different pictures, and it's kind of tough to tell from the pictures, but it looked like a really, really good crowd. You know, even the highlights, you can't really truly tell because you don't see the upper upper area the whole time. But for a game that's being played when fans – well, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. When students are still on break, to get an atmosphere like that – and I think – I don't know, correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think Miranda Taylor – had put on Twitter, it's one of the was one of the wildest walk up crowds that they'd ever had for hoops. That's great. So that's pretty cool. Well, and and coach right there said it was easily their best crowd of the season. Oh, that's good. Which uh, you would expect, right? Get into Big Twelve play, good Iowa State team that that starts drawing people out. And, and OU's been playing great basketball. Oh yeah. So they so they should be getting that. But uh, how was your? Well, let's get a break, and then we'll go through the pleasantries of the weekend. You get a home playoff game, which we knew was going to happen for the Chiefs, and it's going to be zero on Saturday night. And nah, you're bringing in one frosty. Of, you're bringing in one of the softest teams in the NFL, so you should be good to go. Uh, we're still waiting on official announcement on the new defensive coordinator Zach Alley, at least as of eight uh, nine nineteen a.m. Central Time, uh, God's time zone. We haven't had the official announcement, but we continue to learn more and more about what he's all about. We've got an addition to the Sooner offensive line for the transfer portal. And uh, we got a national championship game tonight. 
We're flying out of the gates. Thanks to Porter Moser for kicking off the show right. It's Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I, I didn't I didn't realize that there was anything going on outside of football last night. I guess the Golden Globes or something was going on. I guess things didn't go. I'm just catching up with all the entertainment news this morning. I guess things didn't go so well for old Joy, the Joe Coy yesterday. Uh, I'm just reading a headline that says, Joe Coy's Golden Globes monologue might send the writers back on strike. <laughs> what a headline. <laughs> Jimmy Trana said, scale of one to ten with one being not so bad and ten being I should retired. How bad is it that I've never heard of this guy before last night? Oh, Jimmy. I like Joe Coy. I guess he laid an egg last night. It didn't, it didn't go well. Meanwhile, the breaking news of the day, I, I guess we have to kind of give a little tip of the cap to Josina Anderson. She uh, Last week, she said, if the rumors I'm hearing are true, there's a bombshell coming in the AFC East. And I, I, I don't know what to make of this, but I keep seeing Bill Belichick connected with the New York Jets. Uh, are they going to right a wrong of many years past? I got to tell you something. I think that would work out pretty well. I mean, I... I think that'll work out pretty well. And if you're the if you're the Jets, or if you're the Patriots, and everyone's like, "Oh, we got to move on from Belichick." All right, just let him go. Let's see what happens when he goes to the Jets. Let's see what happens. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. I I don't know how you people can't at least like the show around. Oh, breaking news: Ron Rivera has officially been been fired. All right, so there you go. I, we were trying to get to our breaking news brought to you by Wagner's Heating, Air Conditioning, Electrical, and Plumbing. We sell the best and service the rest. So you that, know what the uh, the rumor is there? What's And they just hired like Bob Myers, the former GM of the Golden State Warriors, to run their football Yeah, operations. one of the reports this morning is they've reached out to Jim Harbaugh. And, uh, well, his, his agent, his representation. Is it terrible that I don't really want Jim Harbaugh as the coach of the Raiders? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh. it's yeah. – uh, it would be on paper a good hire because he's been he was very successful with San Francisco, so he's got that experience. But uh, I could see where it wouldn't be exciting as a fan. And uh, I, but I was just mentioning Aaron Rodgers, and I know everyone's got to have some sort of feeling about him. But you see what happened when they asked him about his comments, and I don't know if this was this morning or if this was after the game on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I would play it, but it's. It involves plugging in audio here real quick as we try to get you caught up on everything. All right, here we go. This was Aaron Rodgers at the uh, Jets, the final press conference, when asked about the Jimmy Kimmel comments. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it tomorrow on the show. Tune in. <laughs> That's great. What, you feel what bad? Tease. Everyone has had to apologize. Like, I mean, Pat McAfee pays me a million dollars to show up on his show, so... I'm not giving that to you right here. It's like, I'm not giving you my breaking news on Twitter. Twitter don't pay me. X don't pay me. Well done, Aaron Rodgers. That was this morning. An expertise. Uh, according to Ari Mirov, who I, I like Ari. I think it's like what, at my sports update is his Twitter handle. Uh, he thinks the Washington commander's job is the most attractive job for any potential head coach. Interesting. Is that be uh, Why? I don't know. I just am reading the headline. <laughs> I, I'll have to dig a little deeper at the 33rd team FB to figure that one out. 
Vegas, Carolina Chargers all made in-season moves. Atlanta fired Arthur Smith last night, or I guess it was Black Monday because it was right after midnight, and then Washington just fires Ron Rivera. So there's yeah. your five Black Monday moves so far. Felt like last night. How was your uh, How was your weekend? How things go for uh, Josh Helmer? Did it you was taking a lot of hoops? Yeah, watched a lot of basketball. Yesterday was football wall-to-wall for the final time really this year. So, uh, well, you say this year, but – this season, so it was good, man. I'm not complaining. Draft season, baby, is what it is for me. Well, that's Draft all season. Cares about. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate and love the final week of the NFL season. I hate it because it's the final week of the NFL season, right? You, as you said, you don't have your wall to wall sports. If one game is bad, you can't turn it to another game or flip on the red zone. You're stuck with it. It's like ah. Guess I'm watching this Texans-Browns game. Here we go. But I also love it because it's the start of the playoffs, and we're going to find out who's the best of the best. So, I uh, is Eric Bieniemy going to show up on the sidelines for the Chiefs now? He's <laughs> now, welcome back. Now that he's at any time. <laughs> but, not so for those that missed it yesterday, the Chiefs did win. Chris Jones got his $1 million bonus, am I right? $1.25 million. That was That was kind of funny, watching the guys who had bonuses at stake. And <laughs> you know which teams are the cheap skates and which aren't. I, the Browns are like, listen, we're going to sit Flacco, but we're paying you your bonus, okay? <laughs> we can't afford for you to no. get hurt, as evidenced by their performance yesterday. And the Chiefs, Chris Jones like, I'll play one game. Uh, one quarter, one quarter, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm gonna have to play second quarter, mid third quarter, mid third quarter. He gets it, and did you see? I Sager told me this last night. The speed that he ran to the sidelines to celebrate with his teammates was clocked faster than any speed he'd had on the field this year. <laughs> That's great. So I don't. I'm just telling you right now. Well, he Josh, doesn't get a lot of straight line opportunities. He doesn't. Right. He's a defensive tackle, so there's not a lot of chance. Good. Good clarification there. I kind of feel good about your draw. Kind of feel good about your draw. Yeah, I would have felt a lot better if Miami had won last night. You would have rather faced Buffalo in the first round then? Pittsburgh. Oh, you would have had Pittsburgh? Yeah, and then you Oh, got Buffalo Mi- would have the rematch with Miami. That's right. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, yeah. And, I then, mean, and then there's a scenario where Buffalo beats Miami, goes to Baltimore, beats Baltimore, and you host the AFC Championship game. I don't know. I don't know who I believe in less kind of feel like it's Miami I feel like they're done I think they're gonna play well I I think it's gonna be a great game between Kansas City and Miami and I don't feel confident Kansas City's going to win do you have Peacock will you be ready to watch Uh, yes I do okay good there's gonna be a lot of people panicking when they find out at seven o'clock that this is app exclusive well um I, I was like you I was immersed in the NFL yesterday I loved it I loved every second of it I told you my Saturday was spent in Perry America it was awesome like I said, that's a whole world, Josh, that I am just not I, – I, I, I never – we didn't have FFA in my high school. I hadn't heard of FFA until I moved here. Now, I'm sure you go north in Illinois, and there's, some, there's a lot of rural areas. But for me, it was we, – we played sports. You know, we played baseball. We played basketball. So this has been a whole new world to me. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. This man – that was the judge. So at these pit contests, for those that aren't familiar, they they have different classes, and I think weights involved in it. And these pigs come out and have this little stick, 
pop them on the face. So they walk straight and keep their chin up or their snout up, I guess you would say. And they're walking around. And this old boy's got a mic, Josh, and he's walking around with those four, five, six pigs that are in that area, if you will. That man grabs that mic after he's looked at him for a little bit, and he gives you a breakdown of what that pig looks like and the, the kind of pig it is. Like, who's your favorite NFL analyst? With just off the top of your head, some like I mean, like I like Brian Baldinger's breakdowns. Is there anyone that we could throw in there too? Uh, I mean, I I like a bunch of guys. I still like Romo, even though okay. other people don't. He breaks this man breaks down these pigs like Tony Romo or Brian Baldinger breaking down a defense, and you're just like, I didn't know that there was that much that went into this. And he's like, looks just like a pig. Yeah, that's a pig with its its snout up and it's walking around. So well, we, there's some serious evaluation happening. There is a talent evaluation unlike the likes I've ever seen. Um, Sean Wright, you know, I did see Napoleon Dynamite, but I don't really know if that registered to me that that was what they were doing. And wasn't that just milk tasting that they were doing? This one right here has the pig was sick or whatever, or the, the, the horse was sick or whatever. I don't remember. But, yeah, I, I, was, not, I was not familiar with your game, FFA. I was very impressed. It was nice. Your uh, daughter had a good time? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. She's I mean, digging it? There's a lot of manly men there, and then there is me. You know, there's a lot of dudes that when they got done, they went back to go, you know, work on the farm or work on this or usually up at 4.30 in the morning. Meanwhile, I'm just like, think about Sooners game, right? Huh? Let's go. It's a big win. <laughs> it's a big win. So it was fun. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. Um, but yeah, I that was so that took my whole day Saturday. I was listening to hoops. I see Kansas got another call to go their way. But in the middle of it all, we still had OU football news that we needed to get to, and an addition in the portal. We'll talk about it next. We got our portal update coming up at 10 a.m. There's been some good text to start the show at 405-651-3439. And we're 34 minutes in, and we really haven't gone too terribly in-depth on the national championship game tonight. So let's talk about the OU portal ad and Washington, Michigan in the championship game tonight next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. So we started the show today with Porter Moser. You can find that on the podcast as soon as we're done. And tomorrow... Bang, bang. Right off the bat, K.J. Kindler after the OU women's gymnastics team dominated over the weekend. Uh, and then Patty Gasso. So we'll be getting the, uh, the championship mindset going on what looks like it's going to be a pretty nasty week weather-wise, right? You tell me. I mean, it's nasty right now. It's supposed to get cold. Doc- Dr. Clazel, before we uh, – hey, who is Coach Clinton, by the way? Have you have – you, I'm new – I was not familiar with your game, kind of like Jake Browning's girlfriend, who was introduced to the world yesterday. Boy, some of you guys, I mean, I guess I guess you can just tweet whatever you want without fear of any repercussions. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> uh, judging the appearance and the oh outfit. My gosh, calm down, people. Uh, but I, wasn't, I, I was listening to him this week and talk about Michael Tarquin, and I thought it was really good. OUinsider.com. I'll see you by get him on. Hey, I, Brian Clinton. Is that, is that who it is? I like him. He's good. Uh, and so we'll get a little bit where, more on Michael Tarquin. Where does Tarquin. he get all those videos? I I don't know. I, like I said, I wasn't really familiar with uh, with his game. <laughs> they are really nice breakdowns, though. <laughs> um, I got to tell you something. It is 
it is fascinating to see how quickly we can judge somebody that we've maybe watched two highlights of in this portal era. But real quick, before we go all in depth on that, and I see True is is hanging in there. We got the email from Dr. Clazel this weekend uh, that winter weather is coming. You just really the quick little snapshot. Yeah, please. I think True would be interested in this too. Oh, no doubt. The forecast remains on track where the weather makers for today and Tuesday will not be cold enough for accumulating snow. In fact, the warmer-than-average conditions likely result in some lightning storms today. Uh, winds will also be very, I think you've all noticed, the gusty winds uh, up to 40 miles an hour. And this rain may eventually turn to flurries on Tuesday morning. Wednesday and Thursday will be chilly in the upper 20s. Afternoon temps will rebound into the 50s. But then on Friday, the Arctic air arrives before dawn, and temperatures by sunrise will be stuck in the 20s. Potential for snow showers on Friday morning with the arrival of the Arctic air, but only light accumulations are expected. So that means the doctor, Kevin Clazel, is telling you light accumulations could happen, which means the the weather channels and the news anchors will call it like snowmageddon or the greatest snow we're ever going to see in our lives. And every grocery store will run out of eggs and bread for some unknown uh-huh. reason. Milk. milk will be gone too, right. There's a run on milk. It's going to be cold, people. We've been pretty blessed. I think we were pretty blessed throughout a majority of 2023, but it was early. It was January of 23 whenever we got it a little bit nasty. Pretty good weather weather year, if you will. Now he's throwing a little Arctic air. Why milk and eggs? I've never understood that. Eggs especially. like uh... we, we have almost unlimited eggs in my house with our chickens. You get tired of eggs, Josh. I'm just telling you, there's a point where you're like, do we have cereal that I can have? For milk breakfast? I can understand because you cook a lot of things cook with milk. Cook a lot milk. of things with milk, right? Hey, would, would one of you people that freak out and buy all the milk and eggs whenever there is even a warning of something happening, please let us know why. Why? Why? Um, but weather, be, be ready. It's going to get cold, and the meteorologist is going to try to freak you out. Now, back to this portal edition before we get to true. Do we actually know much about Michael Tarquin? He is the USC tackle. Uh, he big kid. He, he's a big dude. Started eight games for USC this fall. Started 10 games at Florida. Made 31 total appearances during his time with the Gators. And I, I don't know if this says anything, but of his offers that he had in the portal, one of those was Florida, who was like, hey, man, we, we, we want you to come back. I think that's, that's a pretty good sign, right? Maybe. Sure. That uh, he's talented enough and they need him back uh, in the mix. I think more than anything, now you look at uh, what Oklahoma's done with Wee Woo, with Spencer Brown, and uh, obviously here, you, you've added 73 career starts, which was something that Oklahoma going into next season was severely lacking. So I just, I just look there. Starting experience at a Power 5 level, come on down. Right. Again, maybe in some eyes – not quite the true I mean six foot five, three hundred pounds. Maybe you want a little bit more strength on him and beef on him. But I mean he at the very least will surprise provide some depth where 
There doesn't appear to be a ton for now, but was a very highly recruited player as well, despite the fact that he missed his senior season in high school with a torn labrum. His true freshman year was 2019. So only his fifth year. And as we I don't know what to read into it, but when you see – I'm going to play a little bit of what Brian Clinton said. But when you see, Josh, that the school that he had left to go to USC, because he's played at Florida, USC, now he's going to Oklahoma. When you see on that offer list, there's Florida. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a crazy person, but that says something to me. And are we not done with offensive linemen, potentially? Yeah, there's a, a former five-star that has uh, entered the portal, uh, Zaylance Hurd. From LSU that uh, I guess it's Oklahoma, Tennessee, it sounds like, in the mix here. I uh, There is nothing that will get people more fired up than a guy who was a five-star. I don't, oh. I don't care what you've done on the field. You might have, like, one snap that you've played. It's like, Zay, let's heard. What about him? Well, he's played one snap, but he was a five-star. <gasps> he was a five-star? Well, then in that case... All right, let's get True in here. He's been waiting farm uh, farm enough, long enough. What's going on, True? How are you, man? I haven't been farming. Not sure. farming. Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you, though, the reason why – I'm going to tell you the reason why people buy milk and eggs, um, you know, whenever there's weather like this coming in. And, by the way, it's going to be 17 for a high a week from tomorrow, oh. uh, next Tuesday. But okay. I will tell you the reason why you're asking why. The reason why is because David Payne says so. It's just like Bob said. You know, defense company deal. David Payne says so. That's why you. That's did. right. Does he say get the milk and eggs? <laughs> he does. He does. In, in a way, he does. Hey, you know, I hadn't really paid attention to this um, national championship game coming up. Uh, I, I do want to see. I, I think it's going to be a great one, and the fact that I really don't care who wins. But man, do you realize? And I'm sure you do, but I'm. I didn't realize it till I. I, I really didn't have any belief in Texas, but man, how close were they for playing for a national title? What forty miles away, and how far Houston is from Austin? You know, you I I saw you had mentioned this either on a text, and then there was about four or five other people who had brought that up. I hadn't even really thought about that. I hadn't either. I hadn't either. Here is here is a situation where Texas was a swatted ball away. <laughs> from potentially playing for the national yeah. championship in Houston in their home state. A better play call or two away. Right, right. I mean, here, here, here's OU playing for their national championships in Miami against Miami. And here's Texas, you know, getting the Kansas deal at Kemper Arena, uh, for those who remember, 1988. That would have been, I mean, I, mean, I don't know, man. They that, that was too close for comfort for me. Uh, <laughs> them, getting that, them getting that game down there. But I was going to ask you, I know nobody cares about this but me and you, but what are the Raiders going to do about the head coach? Are they going to – if they don't get Antonio, I'd like to try and get Harbaugh. But besides those two, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm with you on that, True. Could I interest you in Belichick? Uh, yes. I, I would love That'd to be have okay, Bill I Belichick. I think I'd be okay with a guy that has, what, eight Super Bowl titles? Um, is it nine, maybe? But yeah, doesn't seem like it's something he would be interested in because you got to figure out the quarterback situation. I, I will yeah. tell you, it's it seems as if two things have happened. Number one, the Raiders are willing to wait to see what Harbaugh wants to do. And right. number number two, if Harbaugh doesn't want it, then it's either going to be Antonio Pierce or 
or you're going to see Davis try to go bring John Gruden back. That's what I think well, would happen. We, we'd have to flashy up uh, Belichick, though, wouldn't we? I mean, we'd have to put rhinestones on that hoodie or something <laughs> for, I, for Vegas. You know what's kind of funny is Bill Belichick has been with New England for so long, it's just – I don't know, dude. It just seems like it's a perfect fit, right? Him in Boston, he's kind of adopted that. I can't imagine him coaching anywhere else. I can't either. Especially like Las Vegas or Los Angeles. Nobody screams. I mean, Andy Reid was Philadelphia, and then when he got to Kansas City after a couple years, you're like, all right, this 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 dude's – and it helps when you win too, right, Josh? I mean, yeah. if he doesn't win, he's like, oh, I guess you like Philly cheesesteaks more than you like barbecue. But he, it just it seems like it's a fit. So I can't imagine Bill Belichick anywhere else. I can't either. Hey, you guys have a good one. See, but it's like every coach almost fits there. Sean McVay, who's more L.A. than that dude, right? He does uh, appear to be a little L.A. Too. little Hollywood. Even Stefanski, even Stefanski, he's got a little, he's got a little Cleveland in him. Oh, right? no doubt, he's blue collar baby. Oh, and oh, it has that like rough looking beard. I mean, sweet looking beard, but it's got, got the scruff. patches of gray going on it, right? I mean. He's weathered. Yeah, weathered. Yeah, is a good way to put it. All these coaches kind of have the personality of their city, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, what about Belichick in Vegas?" You're like, uh. does McDaniel uh, have the values of Miami? <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, it, even though you know my man's battled some demons in the past, uh, that fan base is not happy with him. I don't because you know who their fan base is. It's Arnie Spanier and Brian. No. All right, that's their <laughs> and, fan base. And Dan Levitard. Yeah, company. there you go. I mean, that's all Metal you really need media. to know. It's kind of like, well, I mean, hey, they only lost by seven, so they really won the game. I mean, it's like, what? <laughs> and so now they all want McDaniel fire. fire him. That's what I think. Let him go. Let him let him go out on the market. That's what I'm all about now. But, with, <laughs> yeah, if he gets fired, that'd be a great hire for Vegas. But with 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 what Antonio Pierce has done – a, with that terrible offense, and B, just embracing not you know just Vegas, but the city, uh, the, the team, and what it's supposed to be about. Hell he's, yeah, let's he's go. Pe- he's passionate about being a Raider, and I would like to see that get rewarded for him. <laughs> All right, um, quick break. We are we're rolling on a Monday. When we come back, our first check of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, including Josh, maybe even a little breaking news. On the text line? You don't say. You don't say. That's coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. Back with you, closing up hour number one. It's the Plank Show. He's Chris Plank. I'm Josh Elmer. Hour number one presented by Van Hoos Fence. That's vhfence.com online. The premier fence company in Oklahoma. Number to call, 405-735-1167. Uh-oh, you said we have breaking news? Yeah, look at uh, look at Sooner Duggies text that he sent in presented by uh, Wagner's by the way heating and air all right let's see on the text line sooner Dougie plank I was an honorary coach for the women's game on Saturday against Cincinnati and something that stood out to me when I went in halftime to the locker room Ginny went to Jordan asked some scouting questions and she had a sheet that she had made notes on that's awesome how about the state of Oklahoma scoreboard going up at love field there you go there you go how cool does that look that's yeah, that's gonna be sweet. There um now I mean who knows, maybe there's another layer that's gonna drop down from that panhandle. I don't know. But oh, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so cool, man. I wonder who uh I wonder whose idea that was. 
I would assume every great idea that that comes is either Joe Castiglione or Patty Gasso. It's one yeah. of those two, right? But I love it. I can you imagine if like they did the innings in the panhandle? I, I don't know how it's gonna look. But yeah, if you drive by you can see it. And I don't know if there is gonna be an official unveiling or anything of that nature uh until but the season gets here. In fact, I think they're gonna do like a groundbreaking ceremony during our show on the opening weekend not groundbreaking, what am I trying to say? Ribbon cutting ceremony during our show on the weekend cool. of the first home game. Not like it was planned up during our program or anything, just I think that's the timing of it. But, yeah, you drive by Love's Field. Told you guys. A state of Oklahoma Looking outline sc- as uh, the scoreboard. Yep, and as as the great and incredibly talented Jessica Bain pointed out on the super secret Textoso line, petty thought of the day, one month from opening day of softball, and as it stands, with full schedules released to the public, Mike White was correct. Haves, Oklahoma. Have nots, Texas. <laughs> All right. We'll get the, the latest on what we know about the newest addition to the Sooners, uh, Sooners via the portal next on The Wrap.